how do you know Richard Branson? Is it just because you're both from, you know, from the UK? Like, how does, what is, like, what is that? Yeah, me, him, and the Queen are friends. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. well, not anymore. I mean, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We came from very different backgrounds. Be classy, be genuine, be grateful. I wanted to help out and contribute and sort of give back to the people that had helped me. Man, welcome to the intro. No need for introductions. All about the world and the world what we discussing. Where every single thought that we had came for something. So it's funny that we made it when we started here with nothing. Gotta open up your mind just to find out why. When you lost inside the dark, just gotta turn on the light. And no matter what you do, you never run from a fight because we fighting to be better and that's why we strive. Hi, I'm Corey McCain, CEO of We Strive, the number one platform for personal trainers, gym owners, and coaches to both manage and scale their business. I'm your host for Why We Strive, where every Tuesday I sit down with some of the most incredible tech founders, investors, and creatives to find out how, when, where, and why they strive. Be sure you tune in every single Tuesday and check us out at whywestrive.com for more info. Now, let's get to this week's episode. So we're on, uh, I believe this is interview 13 or 12, and uh, first Brit. So I want to welcome Matthew Doyle. Matthew, if you want to introduce yourself really quick. Yeah, well, better sooner rather than later to get you know, if your first Brit. Uh, I'm Matt Doyle. I'm the CEO and founder of a company called Array, and it's no-code internal app building. So it's like Microsoft Power Apps, but for everybody else. Very cool. Well, that's, was, that's actually one of my questions was, is it Build Array or is it Array? Because I'm sure you get that a lot. Yeah, well, we actually rebranded. I don't if you know that oh, we never used gotcha. to be called we weren't always called array we were called launch cloud at first and we, and we own launchcloud.com well that's a good name i think it was but i think cloud the word cloud aged a bit like i'm sure mm. crypto terms will and um <laughs> and um so we rebranded and we never wanted i mean the big component of what we do has like forms technology in it for like operations things. Mm-hmm. so we never wanted to be like cool at uh, coolforms.com because we never wanted to be we were always going to be more than what, what that exactly is. Yeah. and so uh when we did rebrand we looked to buy buying array.com from somebody mm. but they wouldn't sell it they wanted to lease it for like crazy money so someone oh, uh, leasing a, a domain i well, what are the terms on that like how many years i don't know they just want a ton of money like i think they want like nine grand a month to lease it or something that's so and annoying. so we would have paid a decent amount of money for it yeah. but um some other sort of like fintech company is using it at the moment mm, so gotcha. let them pay for it i couldn't imagine ever leasing temporarily a domain that's ridiculous i think so too yeah that's ridiculous yeah. i mean especially if you're like two years in and you still don't like at any point they can just pull domain access like, yeah like ridiculous. we approached them a few times and said yeah. come on guys you must be joking <laughs> let what's your number what's your number yeah and um but yeah you Build, you don't want to build domain authority and stuff like that. Like a big, big part of what we mm. we do marketing wise is SEO and content. Oh, I and stuff. oh yeah, I'm a big SEO guy too. I couldn't imagine building a SEO brand off of a leased domain. No, like, that would be bad. Like, and you know, we had quite a good oh. domain authority with launchlad.com, so we were already having to start again oh, uh, with yeah. that. So we wanted to make sure that we were yeah what we were going to do it on. So yeah. um, you know, build array was was worked. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I did the same thing literally this year. We went from um, westriveapp.com to westrive.com and it just it took about six to eight months until i started to see like some actual like google you know traction coming in it's just switching my i'm still using like four emails after we switched like it's super annoying to to do that process um there was a there was another one i looked at but it just i was like that's a really good domain that's really good and then i realized what it sounded like it was goarray.com so it sounds like go go away away, but with like a yeah so i was like no imagine that would be good (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, go Ray. Go Ray. Well, that's hilarious. Okay. That's well, um, did you choose your company name based on the availability of the domain or were you already set on array? No, we wanted a, when we wanted a rebrand to array, um, we wanted to make sure that it still had the same kind of name uh, as like a, a bit more general name, like Oracle or yeah. Apple or whatever. It, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily say what it is. It's mm -hmm. just kind of a, a name that we can, you can remember. Yeah. And we wanted to come up with a name that was kind of fairly straightforward. We work with a lot of blue collar industries and stuff. So mm -hmm. we didn't want to kind of do something too playful, things mm -hmm. like that. And um, when we were discussing kind of what array is and what it was going to be because mm. um where we started years ago and where we're going now is not you know it's, it's constantly evolving yeah. where we're going so we wanted a name that kind of uh said all of those things and mm. so when i was discussing what array really is at the core which is a way of building dynamic databases mm. in a data array an array oh, of uses cool uh, we, we we landed on array very cool that's kind of similar how, how i landed on a we strive i we were named we had a stupid name it's called perfect p-e-r-f-i-c-t it was like fit capitalized terrible SEO. That's the thing. Like also, yeah. when you come and like spell a normal word in a weird way, it's the worst way to do it, in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> I think I think it's terrible SEO. Like, it, well, it's it's easy to get the SEO, but no one it's going to be spelled wrong every time. Yeah. But for us, like, I noticed the word strive was in our pitch decks constantly, and I was like, I kind of like that more. And I like that we moved generically because we're going to do a lot of things in the future. And I didn't want to be stuck on just fit. Like, what if we do health? What if we do nutrition? Absolutely. You know, it's like so. I'm glad that's cool. You guys went that way. Yeah. Um. Can you can you dive into a deeper level on what you guys? do so like you know you do like like mm. giant cloud infrastructure for you know like the walmarts of the world and that mm. kind of stuff so like what do you guys specifically do so, so we work in the industries we work in our, yeah walmart is one of our clients we do all the south african locations uh right now you're in the south african walmarts all of them <laughs> very cool yeah we okay. did uh about i'd say about 200 million answers with them last year so 200 cool. million answers so you know i said forms is a bit of what we do yeah, yeah. and you imagine each question in the form is an answer yeah, so yeah. we did 200 million that's insane uh, that's quite a lot um what does that mean you're you're doing like you're like the the customer support or like the uh, answer was already created or you're creating the answer well, yeah yeah that's what i explained so we we're, we work in the risk operations sort of functions within a business um it doesn't matter what industry or vertical it is that's what we tend to work in and there was an industry we used to to we used to service uh, more, which you can ask me about in a second if you like, yeah. and I'll tell you a bit more about that other industry. But um, we're helping them digitize what would have been paper and pen or what would have been uh, used when they use Excel for data collection, mm -hmm. would have gotcha. been those types of things. And and we're, we're built for, in, uh, for enterprise. Yeah. So what that means, what does that mean? Because that sounds like bull crap, right? Yeah. What it means is scalability because mm -hmm. you do need to be able to scale to these massive numbers. Mm -hmm. Because when I said 200 million answers, that doesn't include the PDF documents we're creating dynamically, mm -hmm. emails that are triggering workloads that are triggering it's a massive load of data um people like that we are we have to give them massive security compliance so we've got mm -hmm. security compliance out of the box gotcha. encrypted you know data in transit and at rest multi-factor authentication mm -hmm. so all the security um because that's a big thing obviously for enterprises and they don't want we don't try and sell to the IT department. We try and sell to the operations department. Mm -hmm. So we just need to like let them know that it's all good. That they're, they're, you know they're going to be safe. So security is another enterprise you know requirement, uh, along with like user permissions and ADFS, all these other things that, that mm -hmm. competitors or maybe not even competitors, but people who are using other types of products to solve these problems. Gotcha. So they're they're going from like um, they're doing all their like employee onboarding, or they're doing like you know some sort of like staffing paperwork and that kind of stuff, and it's all like on pen and paper. We, 
where we do do some employee on board but like yeah. the risk operations audit compliance so food safety checks if people mm. slip and fall yeah how, how does that get recorded um stock in some cases we did a lot of stuff we started exploding in covid we did a lot mm. of covid pre-checks so stopping gotcha. people coming in if they were symptomatic and things like that gotcha um, okay. so that's like the stuff we did with like people like walmart but we also work in uh, energy so we do mm. wind farms so we cool. do environmental studies uh like so they're using it to drag and drop data mm. uh, into a form um we're working do some stuff with um unilever which oh, is like cool. impact yeah. studies so yeah. they're sending this out to thousands of other versions of the company yeah. we're working in insurance so right now we've got a load of people using array in florida right now recording all oh, the storm damage the gotcha okay. so they use our system to drag and drop and make an app basically we make uh, an ios android mm-hmm. and they can build a data collection app which can be deployed into the field and hundreds of people are collating the storm damage that's happened gotcha. and that goes to what happens is normally that would have taken about a month like per house mm-hmm. so they go and collect the data they note it down on pen and paper or they do it in excel or maybe other systems they take pictures and then they'd have to go back to the hotel room over the next few weeks and collate these into reports mm, and sure. which then go to the um the operate the company that's looking at these properties these inspection companies they check it once they're happy with that that then goes to the underwriter and the underwriter in this case is lloyd's tsb in the uk they underwrite they'll be underwriting a lot of the storm damage that's happening mm. now so there's about three days that now takes uh, 24 hours in array so, so cool because okay. like they yeah. Capture all in one app. They press a button, and even if there's no service, our apps work completely offline. As soon as they have signal, it hits the server, and it spins up all the underwriting documents automatically. Gotcha. And it's and, it, and we have conditional logic and mathematical equations in the form that actually calculate the value as well. That's crazy. So, okay, on, so it's an app builder. Yeah, gotcha. What. But we don't like to say that because we're not trying to be Figma or we're not trying to be mm-hmm. uh, Webflow, like yeah. who are building like nice little you know websites and apps. We're, we're internal application building. So. We often bump into uh, legacy tools like Oracle or SAP, and mm-hmm. we, we just lodge them, uh, or we bump into Microsoft Power Apps. If you've heard of that tool before, what was, what was the name? Power Apps by Microsoft. Nothing so Microsoft there. have one one program called Power Apps, but okay. they have a, a platform called Power Platform, mm. and that is uh, Power Apps, Microsoft BI, um, some workflow tooling, and some, some like live chat tool. Gotcha, we, okay. we, we're not trying to do everything those tools do. Mm. We try and do like seventy percent of them, but make it actually genuinely easy to use. Gotcha. So okay. they're they're what's called low code applications. So you have to know a bit of development and code to maintain them. Mm. Um, but we uh, we are no code. Meaning gotcha. it's all drag and drop and we, we work not with the IT team, but the operations team. Gotcha, okay. They know what's up. They know what yeah, they yeah. want to achieve and we just give them the tool to do that. I mean, you might have cool. heard of a citizen developer before. Well, we call them blue collar coders because uh, okay. they do oh, like the blue industries. Nice, okay. So you're going into these Walmarts and taking like all of these, you know, years of paperwork and everything and just making it like, okay, now it's in an app and you can just drag and drop and you're done, you're to go. Yeah, and then they do it all themselves. The whole system's a self-serve unit. We start, we tend to land and expand for an organization okay. so um we start in a small amount they can just purchase it on their credit card try it out solve that one problem and then it expands and they use it in lots of other areas what's your guys business model is it like on a per answer basis or like on how much your you know like a, a calculation of how much your servers cost to maintain or like what, how does that work we out of the box it's per user per month okay and then each user is someone filling in the data collecting data uh, or it could be someone building stuff or it could yeah. be someone analyzing and reporting um it's in, in the insurance industries we sometimes work per claim okay because it's multiple things that have to happen to come to a claim so on a per user basis does that mean like in the florida situation everyone filling it out t- 
to get their house um, uh, claimed on the insurance form, or is it the the people that are setting up the app? Like, who are, who are the users in that sense? Uh, yeah, they're called um, appraisal companies. So okay. they're or or, or um, um, inspection companies that are going to inspect the damage. They're usually specialists in that area. Gotcha. Okay. So the homeowner doesn't know what tool they're using. Gotcha. Okay. But so, but so you're charging on how many inspectors there are, or how many homeowners? Yeah. So they'll, they'll in, in just like I said, we normally charge per user. Like mm. most people pay that. But like because these people spin workers up for a very specific time of the year and then mm. they spin them down, mm. that business model doesn't really doesn't really work for these people. Gotcha. Okay. So they per pay claim pay per claim, and mm. um, they'll probably do. 30,000 claims in the next few weeks. Oh, very cool. And then, okay, so that's good revenue for you guys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> very yeah. cool. Um, so when you guys first got started, like what, who, who were you, who was like your first big client that you guys worked with? Mm. So that, that, you go back to that point I was making, like we didn't start in this like, space. Mm, we gotcha. started in uh, field marketing. That was an area that I had expertise in. Mm, and gotcha. so what field marketing is, is if you ever, it's, it can mean a few things, but if uh, brand activation field marketing, you've ever gone and people are giving you free samples, mm. something in the street, that's field marketing. Mm. And there's also kind of marketing where they go to a store and check the, the stock levels and stuff like that mm, as gotcha. well and, and the pos and the layout so our first yeah i'd say our first client was a company called leah Burnett. okay um, may not have heard of it may have heard of it if you're in the marketing industry you probably would have heard of leah mm. Burnett. they actually mentioned in mad men uh they're oh, one gotcha. of the world's biggest like ad agencies like sarchi and sarchi and okay. things like this and so uh we worked with them guys and we worked with bosch the the, the electronics company bosch okay. and their coffee machines so they were oh, demoing their coffee yeah, machines yeah. and we were the data collection about customer feedback and, and mm. sales made and things like that from the store locations. Cool. Um, and we did a few things like we did Coca-Cola, we did Nintendo. Um, but the problem with that industry is it's very fickle. Mm -hmm. So you can be the best thing ever. Like we yeah. did Coca-Cola for like two or three years and then Coca-Cola, cool, we're not promoting Coke Zero anymore. And that's it. And you were on, you were on the Coke Zero account specifically or just like? Yeah, we were on Coke Zero. Um, I think we might have done Fanta as well. Mm. I don't, you don't really have Fanta over here, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, so we did those, um, but then we still, so we still work in the field marketing industry a little bit. Um, we work with Philip Morris Tobacco on their vaping products, okay. and we do a lot with that. We actually transact all the payments, and we track all the staff, and all their sales, and all their whereabouts, and the stock, um, mm. and that's a big one for us. And we're just starting to roll out into the rest of Europe with Good those job. guys. It's been, we have like custom dashboarding and stuff with them as well. So they build the dashboarding in array, mm -hmm. all the data collection tools. It all works offline. It all, it's pretty cool um, but we don't typically go into the field marketing if they come along we help them and we, we're there to help them but we typically work in like I said risk operations compliance audit is it hard to stay focused for you guys I feel like I feel like you guys your tool can do so many things and you guys can do so many industries like is it hard to like feel like we're only doing this like, like, yeah, like yeah that was the biggest blessing and curse yeah, for a long yeah, time yeah. like I think it is hard for startups and for people like us because like mm. yeah yours may be somewhat um, more it seems more straightforward right because mm. But it's not, is it? Because when you're inventing something that doesn't really exist, mm -hmm. there's so many areas that it could fit into. And yeah, raise even worse for that because it's mm -hmm. literally oh who uses paper who uses paper and pen to mm -hmm. like, they don't like so many people yeah exactly and so we had to find out the people who are the right kind of user personas for us um 
and we never wanted to turn people down but it, the more we focus on this kind of uh, mm-hmm. this space the, the more success we've had and we've been working more with enterprise companies and mm-hmm. uh, we had to nail down how you could close an enterprise deal without a massive long sales cycle and mm-hmm. lots of expensive sales people so we've been working on that and we've been narrowing down these verticals and we're very specific about these verticals and mm-hmm. we even see where this sort of like I said there's so many apps for different things nowadays exactly right? yeah. it's easy like oh well you're like this no no but you're like this you're like this and there's mm-hmm. like and you'll probably find the same thing yourself in, yeah. in your world is that like it's easy to be compared because there's an app for everything nowadays. Mm-hmm. so it's even more important to be more specific mm-hmm. um yeah you know to, to, to the what you do and the problem you really solve mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and so when you're when you're going into a walmart to land them like because you're, you're mentioning that you're trying to like you know reproduce and you know accelerate your enterprise closing situation so like what are you doing to land a Walmart? Are you just kind of like, hey, does this like try it out, or like, what is like, is it like a ten month process? Like, what is the process like to land a Walmart? Yeah, I mean, one of the things we were trying to like nail down in our seat for our pre-seed round mm. was, can we land and expand through an organization, mm-hmm. and can we start small and, and scale up? Mm-hmm. So that's what we were proving out. We have proven that to be the case, where cool. we can come in with a small credit card payment of like forty bucks, three hundred mm-hmm. bucks a month, because these enterprises do have discretionary budgets mm-hmm. and they do have credit cards. Mm-hmm. But then when you get to a certain threshold, yeah, it gets pretty serious. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like we just went through a three-month-long security audit, and ha- they hacked us for. Two weeks like intentionally like yeah it. yeah they stay hire a hacker to come and hack you so wow. like there is like stuff it gets pretty uh pretty spicy is that kind of scary like you're you're at, you're at home like i wonder if they're you know hacking us right now like you know i see we knew they were doing it but there's not really much you can do like you've got the stuff in place so you haven't yeah yeah, but yeah me and my cto was so you're not like anti like in a movie you're not hacking them back like like boris from goldeneye <laughs> yeah, i'm yeah. invincible yeah, yeah yeah no no i mean um because they would know that you did that gotcha yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And that's not the that's not the point of the, the hack or the, the penetration test. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's like the biggest work was all the policy, additional policy writing that you mm-hmm. have to have. We have we have a guy on staff that does uh, all of our cybersecurity policies and, mm-hmm. and like and things like that. He's got a master's degree in like computer security and stuff. So very cool. That sort of stuff comes up. But once you have certain things in place, then that obviously lends itself to other people. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing about enterprises, you want to get a um, an RFP or a, you want to get a proposal in place, a test a test in place somehow a mm-hmm. pilot pro the word i'm looking for is a pilot a pilot in place yeah then you can just then you do all the rubbish of like supplier onboarding mm-hmm. it's a, yeah. a pain and then even if you're getting 10 bucks it's actually easier to hire you in the future because you're a supplier mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah so yeah that's what that's how we approach it and we mm-hmm. get a lot of people who do come for the website because of seo and stuff and mm-hmm. we just want to help them and be useful and then they'll hopefully scale up um right now we're involved in a program uh funded by the walton family oh, the cool. family and walmart very cool and um those guys accepted us and we've been so i've been spending a lot of time in bentonville in arkansas uh hey, you, keep, you keep calling me on the way back from arkansas yeah. you're, you're like you have your board for 12 well, hours yeah well your, your last call turned out well because you reminded me of a, a buddy that i needed to follow up with and now him and i are going to partner so yeah. like that's that was a good call um one thing i want to touch on really quick is uh like just the uk in general like in the startup scene and we'll start off hot with uh 
you're like the reason that Richard Branson came and spoke at Capital Factory, uh, which I should have gone to. I thought I was going to see him that night at his party, but he wasn't there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so you're like on stage talking with Richard Branson, doing like a, you know, like a um, yeah. like a panel with him. Um, so how, how do you know Richard Branson? Is it just because you're both from, you know, from the UK? Like, how does, what is, like, what is that? Yeah, me, him, and the Queen of friends. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Well, not anymore. I mean, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Do you, before I go to this, because obviously people we're talking to now don't, don't know what I'm about to say but have yeah. I told you the full story before well, the rich man story I mean this is about have I I, uh, I feel I mean that he like was like Matt like he kind of knew no no not that bit before <laughs> so I'll get on to that okay, okay. so um, so I first met Richard I was about 24 okay uh, so this is a while ago I'm like 36 so I was, like, was going to guess 36 that's weird yeah, 37 okay. next week there you go have and um, thank you and um, so yeah what, what it was is like I really wanted to quit my full-time job i've been a ux designer and a graphic designer at school that's what i taught like at school mm. but i could never really kind of get enough momentum to sort of do that full-time mm, gotcha. and um but i've been working on freelance clients in the background cool. and um but to sort of build up a bit of income outside of my day-to-day job and i was doing crappy jobs so that i could do design in the evening and not be too exhausted mm. so i used to have some cool jobs i used to work for sony ericsson if you remember that it was so, a thing so the uh, phone company oh yeah, yeah i used to yeah, do the marketing yeah. for them and things like that yeah. but then i was doing these crappy jobs and i was um i was um so i was doing it was going to do design in the evening and one of the things i tried to do to sort of subsidize my in, subsidize my income was work for marketing agencies mm. and because that's what i'd done for sony and other things and i, I was doing i was working for one marketing agency and they were launching richard branson's book business strip bear Mm. which was like I don't know when that was you, you could probably google that and find out when that book yeah. was launched but we were look, um, it was being launched at here, the rooftop gardens in Kensington which was a nightclub he used to own mm. in Kensington like a very exclusive club so this marketing agency I was working with said oh would you mind going there and helping launch the book I was like mm. uh, yes immediately yes yeah, but this is the kicker yeah. right? the, the kind of uniform or whatever that we had to wear was a, was a bowler hat and like a suit and a mm. bow tie because it was business yeah. but stripped bare so we weren't wearing trousers we were just wearing boxer shorts and Wait, like, with the suit top yeah so the suit top boxer shorts and then like socks kind of pulled up with sort of smart shoes and so richard was there it was just more of a journalist event so it's just journalists yeah. taking pictures and imposing with the book and stuff and posing with us were the were the journalists in that outfit too or just the you just you guys that were no hosting? just us the agency and um so somewhere there is a picture of me and richard and i've got no trousers on but um i, I remember following up with the photographer at the time and he never got back to me so i oh. that somewhere but what happened at the end of the night is there was a big pile of books i said if you want you can have one of these books and then mm. Richard will sign it and Richard's like oh hey how's it going and he's signing these books and he says who should I make it to I was like, oh Matt I said, oh Richard I've been trying to jump and do this business but I'm just so nervous about mm. just going poor and, he, and yeah. he said he said oh well Matt you just gotta go for it yeah and he wrote my book Matt go for it and signed it and Dude, gave it to me no. and then years went by and yeah. I did quit my job pretty much a week or two after that I yeah. quit a full-time job and I did freelance design for quite a few years mm-hmm. uh, but then I wanted to build something that was bigger than myself and that's mm-hmm. where I started to like look into building Array um, in the UK uh, Virgin Startup had just got spun up in the UK mm-hmm. uh, which was Richard taking some of the money out of one of the railway lines that he owned mm-hmm. and funding early stage startups cool. so it was like a, a low interest loan wasn't based on your credit file it was based on uh, your business idea and they mm-hmm. bet it that way 
So what they did is, uh, I thought, this is amazing. I want to get involved with this however I can, because this is mm. going to be a really cool thing to be involved in. Of course, yeah. So, like, the very, very earliest meetings that Virgin Startup or Start organized, that he had, like, three or four staff running the company, mm. I would go to them and wherever they were in the country and just, just try and get involved somehow. I love that. Man. And yeah. I got friendly with the team, and they said, oh, you should come to see Richard speak here. There. I went to see him in Newcastle, and I went to... I think I saw him somewhere else as well, but I remember seeing him in Newcastle, which is quite away from where I live, but it was just really cool to go and see Richard Branson speak. And you're, you're from London, right? I'm from London. So, yeah, yeah. so Newcastle's like a, a plane, you know, it's, a two, it's a, an hour or so plane journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I ended up getting more and more involved with Virgin Startup, and I became what's called a Virgin Startup ambassador. Mm. And they invited me to Richard's house for lunch. Very so cool. I went and had lunch with Richard at his house in Oxford, which so is where cool. the Six Pistols recorded, um, you know, God Save the Queen. Oh, and, very cool. Uh, there's a, a Phil Collins, recorded there and the Rolling Stones are good there nice. it's a really cool stately home if you've ever read his books uh, he mentions his home in there and so I actually got to meet Sam and Holly who is son and daughter Very and they're about cool. the same age as me and they've got we just had kids we both had sort of just had kids nice and um Anyway, I got to meet Richard and we had some lunch together and we walked around his lake. He's like, this lake. And he has his own lake. Yeah, he has his own lake. And so I thought, oh my goodness, how can I be memorable to him? Yeah. Without being really cheesy. Did he remember you from the first, like, trouser? Well, I said to him, last time we met, like, I wasn't wearing trousers. And he's like, what? <laughs> he loves that. He loves a bit of banter. Yeah, yeah. But, so um, that's how I got to send you. And we talked around the, the lake and that. Yeah. And then subsequently, I met him a few more times. Um, just at, uh, the, it was the Fast Growth One Hundred, which is a the Telegraph newspaper does about hundred fastest growing privately held companies, mm. and he would always sponsor that and come to that. So I saw him cool. at those things, and just like, but I was never like really then being introduced. I was just kind of in the periphery. Mm. But then what happened there yeah, a few months ago was the Virgin Startup team messaged me and said, "Hey, we're going to be doing a flight to Austin or mm. Virgin Atlantic. Would you mind helping them out uh, figure out what to do there?" Mm. sure yeah. and then they called me and said hey Matt um, we're going to be doing this uh, we want to do, we need some help like kind of getting to know the lay of the land mm-hmm. also would you mind speaking with Richard I was like well first of all immediately yes <laughs> yeah yeah and then also yeah I'll help you <laughs> so, yeah, so, exactly. so I helped him find locations I immediately said I think we should do Capital Factory because yeah. like um, that was before we were a portfolio company mm-hmm. uh, but I was like man that's where like the community is like we need to bring him to the community and then bring mm-hmm. people in and do that and then yeah the bit you remember is um, mm-hmm. we went up Upstairs, I think you saw me, didn't you? Upstairs in the Capital Factory. Mm. And uh, we were sitting in this room all waiting for Richard and they were just briefing us. And they said, oh, and Richard walks in. And they go, hi, Richard, this is um, is Bob and Sally. And this is Matt. He's like, I know Matt. Matt, how's it going? I was like, good, how are you? He's like, and we were just like probing out. And he was like, how are the kids? I'm like, yeah, good, how are your guys? How's your grandkids? And we were chatting. He goes, how's the business? What's going on with it? And we were chatting. And then the guys went, Matt, Richard, we need to sort this out. Me and Richard like sitting like naughty boys. Like, okay, okay, we'll be quiet. But it was cool. And he said, apparently afterwards, I wasn't there. I heard that he said like, why didn't you tell me Matt was here? And I was like, like, we did tell you, Richard. And he's like, wow, I love the Virgin Startup guys. I always like to see where they're up to and stuff. That's such a cool, like, um, because I I love when I, I mean, like, kind of like an egotistical way, I guess. But I love when I walk in a room and like someone like kind of a status knows who I am, but I've never had like a billionaire be like, ah, Corey, what up? You know? No, it did mean a lot to me because like, um, I've seen him. He's always had so much time for people. I've always seen public speaking. Some people have asked some cringe questions, but mm-hmm. he's always given them time and always tried to answer it, understand mm-hmm. what they're asking. And he's one of the, he's one of the good ones, I think. You know, no, for sure. Is. And yeah, yeah. Um, I think people do see that in him. Um, but yeah, the fact that he remembered me was mm-hmm. like, 
amazing that's so uh, cool. i really really appreciated that yeah it was cool that's very cool and and like speaking of like uk and everything like what, what's the difference between like the u.s startup scene and the uk startup scene like is like how are the founders different is the community different like i guess we can compare like london to austin i guess like what is what is the difference in you know yeah well I like london's a much bigger so maybe like london to la or like, i don't know what what u.s cities you have experience with but i've so i've experienced with lots of weird cities in america as well and weird cities in england yeah. like the thing is about america is uh, what i think there is is, is the, the the big bubbles in you know, new york and san francisco mm -hmm. and things like that and and they're fine um but like you know everyone it's quite a little bit more click cliquey you know yeah, yeah, sure. there and um uh, it's you know, everyone's sort of piling over each other to sort of get something done mm -hmm. um but i've had a lot of experience with people like places like arkansas and places yeah. like oklahoma mm -hmm. and places like that these kind of and there's a lot of investors like a lot of our investors do tend to invest outside of the valley and outside of new york they mm -hmm. want to find these companies starting in these small areas and austin and, and san antonio mm -hmm. um but places like those small little places like tulsa and oklahoma city and mm -hmm. Arkansas, they've got really, really passionate people in there who mm -hmm. like love where they live and they want to better the place. And, and, and so spending a lot of time there has been amazing because a lot of them are so keen to help each other out. That's mm -hmm. really lovely to see. And Austin has that same thing. There's mm -hmm. a lot like less ego and more about, hey, how can we help each other out? Like, that's yeah. just what I like doing. That's why I was like, hey, dude, you should connect with this guy. And because mm -hmm. I, I, I get I get a kick out of that. Exactly. Um, yeah. But how and London is is a funny one. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I know a bit about the manchester scene i don't know if you know manchester in the uk mm -hmm. tends to be media companies a lot of the media companies moved up there gotcha. you've got um uh bristol which is another mm -hmm. major city in the uk has a lot of tech companies coming out of it and it's cool. like a lot more affordable to spin up but london is like there's a lot there's a lot a lot, a lot going on gotcha. uh, a lot okay. going on so people like virgin startup are running events there and mm -hmm. there's obviously um i was involved in a lot of stuff there like doing talk speaking and so i do a lot of speaking at technology events and mm -hmm. to do a lot of talking there at different technology events mm. um i guess the people are they're good people man like, there's a lot of people i think working less on there's obviously people working on tech and a variety of things but i think people are, tend to be working on a few more kind of ethical things you know like kind of startups that sort of save the planet or gotcha whatever. okay it's like, it's like a like a stronger percentage out there than in the in like austin or something like that that was my perception you know i was obviously yeah. when i was uh, doing stuff with virgin i would do two talks a month for virgin mm -hmm. one on marketing strategy and one on pitching and presenting mm -hmm. and they'd be a three hour long seminar that we do Damn, and we okay. take someone through it so we had i typically had about 20 to 25 people in a room mm -hmm. at a time and we would go around and hear all the ideas Ideas and just workshop with each other oh, on cool. the curriculum that I actually I, created. Lo I love that actually that's cool yeah I wish, yeah. We, I wish we had those here yeah well we yeah. can spin up here I've still got all the content yeah and um but it's so I got to see a lot of companies and that was like mm -hmm. I mean there was a lot of Virgin attracted a lot of food and beverage companies mm -hmm. uh, just because of the way that it was fun it was easy for them to fund those types of companies because you could easily see profit and loss gotcha like, okay. I'm making this many cans I'm selling this many cans gotcha so, okay. but yeah there's um there's a real variety in London and, and it's a real buzz and a lot yeah. of people hang out at google campus which is like in google London. has an yeah. office there and they open up the downstairs for anyone just to go and work from and stuff like oh well, i wish they did that here oh, it was really cool that'd be so cool really good coffee shop down there wow well. that'd be cool yeah I, i've li i mean this is the second time now i've lived next to a google campus and i've never been inside of it so what are you guys doing here um how would you compare a uh 
like a um like with, let's take my happy hours for example there's like there's like 80 100 of us just like drinking hanging out how would you compare that to like a london happy hour like what are you guys are you guys just doing those big meetups and just like shaking hands like or what there's all different ones. i used to go to a lot of startup grind ones oh, in gotcha, london okay. gotcha. and they have that, that here i i've been to one startup grind event here but it was a bit more low-key gotcha. but that might not be the case for every single one that mm -hmm. happens here uh my friend was speaking at one i went to that it's a bit more low-key and a bit more it was in a capital factory just like a little side room and it was mm -hmm. like you kind of had to know to be there but in uh, in London, um, Startup Grind is pretty prolific and there's gotcha. really good founders that come and talk and uh, usually there's a bit of drink and stuff available but there like you, go, you do it right. Yeah. Yeah. You do it right. You do some destination stuff and yeah. some, some good top shelf alcohol and some wine and um, yeah. But there's also a better pedigree I'm finding in Austin because mm -hmm. Austin's so big yeah. and uh, like I said, it's a bit clicky. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the, the you know the investors or whatever mm -hmm. are not there. Mm -hmm. The best ones I've had a bit a bit of things like. Um, Oh, what's it called? Web Summit. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, before? yeah, Web Summit. Yeah. So I went to Web Summit in Dublin mm, while cool. ago. Well, it used to be it used to be had in Dublin, it used to be the whole of Dublin, mm. and then they moved from Dublin to Lisbon. Gotcha. And I went to Lisbon one, and there's lots of little parties and cool people there. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's a Web Summit in like Germany or something or Spain coming up that I got invited to, but I was like, I can't really afford that. <laughs> so I might go later uh, next year. But yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, very cool. So how, how big is the team right now? Like how many people do you have on staff? About ten people. Ten people. Cool. Okay. Do you find that easy to manage or like, are, is everyone in person, remote? Like what's the kind of setup? We have a bit of a blend. Um, mm. So we have some people here in Austin. We've got mm. some people in, in Oklahoma. Mm. Uh, we've got some, our tech teams uh, mostly, mostly in the UK. Gotcha. Um, so we're kind of distributed. Okay. Uh, so some of us are in the office, but because I've been traveling a lot, it's all been, it's all been remote. Right gotcha. now. I, I enjoy the collaboration in the office. But, yeah. And I've always, see, I've, I've always worked at home. Like, so that's, since I was mm. like 23 working in coffee shops. To me, it's not cool anymore. It's like, it's boring. You're like, get out of my like, coffee shop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like, well, because the coffee shop is not the best place to work, is yeah, it? Yeah. And, and a house isn't that often for inspiration and stuff like that and, not, mm. and, and removing distractions. Mm -hmm. So as soon as we start hiring people, I wanted to bring people into a space that we could all enjoy together. Cool. Because I know your space is pretty big. Like for the for the team you have based in Austin, do you mm. feel like you're underutilizing it or do you feel like it's used? Because I, I know you have, well, I guess a lot of your space is like backyards. Like, do you feel like it's a good sized office or what do you think? Yeah, we're definitely underutilizing it at the moment just because mm. of the way things are at the moment. But um, yeah. There was a reason for that office, which was mm. we. I always like. I always liked reworks as well. I, mm. I thought they were a cool space to work in until I sort of worked in one, and uh, you know, I wasn't super inspired by them. <laughs> gotcha. Like I think there's a lot of in, in, industrials make a good a good space as well. They've got a few spaces yeah. in Austin, um, but we worked in the domain one here mm. uh, for about a year. And it was just so expensive. Oh, so yeah, expensive. Yeah. Like I think I say, like, oh, how much is this this office at the back here? That seems like more of the space we want. They're like, oh, it's like 15, 20 grand a month. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh my goodness. Like I yeah. just couldn't warrant that. And um I think this whole property here is like ten or twelve K. Yeah. And they have they have like a second apartment complex. Really? It's like, it's like, yeah, yeah, well our office is like yeah like less than a six person office in, in WeWork. That's crazy. So yeah. and, uh, we renovated it, but yeah. like, I think, I think actually you know, the math I did was like for the first year with the renovations, it's the equivalent of getting a six person office in WeWork. Nice. After nice. that, it's cheaper. That's cool. Yeah. And, um, and we wanted to make a space that we could hold events and allow people to hold events mm -hmm. there. You know, we, we did a few, um, oh, you've been to a few. Events it was, there, it was there. It was there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've done a few events there and we wanted to make it a space that anyone could come to and work at. Mm -hmm. and it wasn't so far North I'd go sometimes, but, I, like I, I hate driving. I'm like up like 30 minutes up. Isn't there. this like, more no. north? 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so when I have to come here to do the podcast, I'm like, well, so we need to put a pump <laughs> studio. To exactly. 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 Okay. Exactly. We've got the space. So, we can do that. Exactly. Um, wait, so how did, how did COVID affect you guys? It's like, I mean, you're not like, I mean, if, unless if I'm guessing you're not like a direct COVID hit, like when it comes to that or, or did it affect you guys? Like what? It was, um, it was, I think it affected everybody. Yeah. Like, yeah I yeah. think, um, in some way or another. So, um we were raising our funding in covid oh god so, like, like uh early uh, 2020 or yeah something like that like so we yeah we got the first we'd had a few meetings with our first vc mm. and then lockdowns were starting to happen i think we got like wired the money in lockdown the first part of the month Ooh, nice. and i raised all the rest of the money 1.3 million in lockdown gotcha and then uh, when we came out of lockdown we tried to pick up anyone who'd been laid off and try and give them a job. Mm. Uh, so that was quite cool. And yeah. There was a lot of people available. Um, where it fits us customer-wise is we had a few hotel chains that mm. couldn't afford to pay mm, and gotcha. things like that. Um, and no one was really taking any phone calls or, or buying anything. Yeah, yeah. Because it was sure. like... Especially, like, yeah, like the Walmarts of the world like strapping down, figuring out how they're going to like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, that's where we blew up with Walmart was mm. in COVID because uh, we were used for all the COVID pre-checks. So, oh, like, that's right, that's right. Oh, yeah, uh, but yeah. everybody else was like, when people were in discussions at the time, like, look, we don't know what's happening. We don't know where we're going, ways up, which way's down. Mm-hmm. So just like get back in touch with us in a few months. Gotcha. So we did struggle with that, like to sort of like start gaining in, in momentum early doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I think, you know, the way the world's going to go is we're going to go into a deeper recession, I think. And mm-hmm. um, we're a tool that, you know, is for compliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's like, you know, people buy things because, um, you mm-hmm. know, it makes them more money. It saves them money or compliance reasons yeah, yeah. Kind of one of the reasons people buy anything so we actually do compliance but mm-hmm. we actually help you save massive amounts of money if you mm-hmm. take one of those insurance companies it takes in 30 days and under 24 hours mm-hmm. every one of our customers has got one of those stories so the two things we do is we reduce that time to do something which is massive time saving massive mm-hmm. cost saving uh, but we also try and get people promotions in companies because often cool. com- people who go and implement array in their company they often get promoted because gotcha. they, they're able to implement change so I think as we go into a deeper recession and people are looking to save money and stuff we're, we could be one of the victors you know we've been cutting costs a lot to become profitable mm. and um that's where we want to be we want to be a strong resilient company that makes it through these tough times gotcha very cool and, and how did you end up in austin actually i never asked you that like why are you in austin out of all the cities in the u.s from the uk yeah um so when we were starting to move over mm-hmm. it was like over four years ago and it wasn't really kind of like clear that austin would be um you know a good place to be for Mm -hmm. companies or whatever but um we so we were looking when we were doing all our visa applications and stuff we were looking where we'd be would be good and Mm. we knew that uh, i felt anyway that san francisco wasn't going to be the place for us because i think the cost of living is through the roof yeah i think it's very kind of like you know I don't think this, I don't like the city all that much. But I, don't, I don't care much for it either. Yeah. No, I don't care much for it. I, I've been going there on and off for years mm. and seen it decline. And it was a real shame. Like, and it's quite, again, it's quite clicky and stuff mm. like that. I've got some good friends there and you're going to be competing for wages against, you know, people and stuff. Yeah, so, exactly. um, so we wanted to look for like states that maybe didn't have, you know, a massive state income tax and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So we're looking at places like Florida. We're looking at places like, like Texas. Mm. Um, 
We lose places like Oklahoma because a lot of the places like Oklahoma and Arkansas, mm-hmm. it might be like, oh, what, what heck's there? Well, tax incentives. Yeah, you want to move yeah. there, they're going to take care of you and they're going to help you set up yeah, however yeah. you want. I've got friends that have got decent, beautiful offices and beautiful funding and tax mm-hmm. breaks by going to those places. Mm-hmm. We wanted somewhere where there was a good university to, to hire people. This is the business reason, right? We want to get find good people um, and we could have a lower cost of living so the wages weren't insane and things mm-hmm. like that. And somewhere we could um, you know, raise our family and have good outdoor lifestyle but still have variety and choice yeah. so we moved over and uh, we sold all our belongings and moved uh, to Cedar Park actually uh, yeah. originally uh, and um, start building it and then since then obviously Elon Musk has copied me Joe Rogan's copied me they were like Matt should we move over I was like yeah join us so they've all joined us now no, uh, but it wasn't obvious at the time that yeah. that's where it should be and it's also centrally located in the country easy to get mm. flights in different places yeah. so there's just lots of like logistical reasons family reasons yeah. that's why we chose to come here yeah, I mean, I, I uh, my dad's actually from Houston, but I didn't, I didn't know UT was in Austin. I didn't, I knew Austin was the capital from like grade school quizzes, mm-hmm. but I'd never, like, I didn't know anything about Austin until about three or four years ago, mm-hmm. right when you moved here, and people started talking. Yeah, you know, like, well, I was looking. It's like, well, look, there's a te- at the time, you know, where the Yeti place is on South Congress, yeah, yeah, yeah. or the Congress. Anyway, mm-hmm. there used to be a Textiles there, so that was Textiles. Oh, and then there was, I was like, oh well, there's a Textiles here. There's Apple are putting another presence because Apple had announced a second. Doubling down into Austin mm. at the time, and so we're like, "Wow, Apple are thinking there's something good there." Yeah. And then uh, Google were expanding their presence, so it was mm-hmm. there was the hallmarks of something. Uh, yeah, yeah there. For sure. And we were like, "Well, that looks good," and it looks like they're looking after companies. It looks like um, there's good people there. Yeah. People who come out of university don't leave; they want to stay mm-hmm, exactly. because a lot of places uh, people you know um, graduate from university and then mm-hmm. will move home or move somewhere else for better work. Mm-hmm. But Austin's a good place to stay. It's a good place to raise a family. But it's also a good place to party and have fun and yeah, just yeah. as well. So it's, it's pretty wicked like that. It's a, it is a really cool, like, kind of best of both worlds. I mean, I, I mentioned on this podcast a lot how much I hate the humidity in the summer, but I'm sure you're used to that with London. Like, probably, is, is the humidity, it, no. <laughs> is, is, humid not, is London not humid at all? It's like constant rain in your oh, face. Oh, sorry, yeah, I knew it rained a lot, but I could have sworn summers were, like, stupid hot. Well, the thing is, is we don't have air conditioning. So oh, gotcha. as soon as you get heat, you're screwed. Gotcha, and there's okay. no way to cool down at night. Is it just hot in the summer? I swear I've heard London summers are really hot. Am I yeah, they can be really, really hot. And, gotcha. But there is no relief from it. That's the thing. Gotcha, there's no gotcha, relief. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, it does get really humid here, right? But it's... Um, I like swimming. I like outdoor swimming and I mm-hmm. like wild, wild swimming and I love mm-hmm. all the natural springs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but it's cooling down now, isn't it? Like yeah. it's, uh, I, man, I'm it's really, been a good week. Oh my goodness. I've been it's loving good. it. Yeah. And I love like getting up in the morning and having my coffee because I'm sort of in the hill country and mm-hmm. like seeing these rolling and, and it's actually cool in the morning. Yeah, it's exactly. Nice. exactly. No, I, I like a cold, like 60 to 70 morning is my favorite. Like I just got to like hang out on the porch, just like hang out, get my little bit of work done. Yeah. I love that. Um, you're doing a lot of traveling for work we kind of mentioned like arkansas oklahoma everything like that like wh- why are you driving all these distances like what do you feel like you need to be in person to do these these um like like what, what are you doing this for well I've always done a lot of traveling because like um, we've got some investors in Oklahoma because um, I said we, I, we have investors that are outside of the normal kind of hubs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you need to try and get outside the office and you need to meet people where yeah, you yeah, can. I think sure. people get very lazy when it comes to meeting people and putting you, on pants and going out a little bit. Do you feel like that, that you know, 18 hours cumulative drive is worth your time though? Is it like, like- well, the program we're in right now is, like I said, it's funded by the Walton family and- we're, Oh, they're in Arkansas. So they 
because or... ben, um, Walmart's like founded in Bentonville in Arkansas. No, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, the whole like town heard... is basically Walmart. I feel like I. <laughs> I feel like I heard that sometime, but okay, good to know. There's a Walmart museum there that's got uh, Sam Walton's original truck. Oh, Because he's cool. like a bit of a, you know, he kept things cheap and stuff and whatnot. Gotcha. Um, but so we're there because this program is running and, um, you know, they prefer it if you're there. And there's other, a few other startups that are involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how business is done in those areas where yeah. you meet people. We've had mm-hmm. so many, I, you know, I can't say all the, the names right now because <laughs> yeah. we're in like early stages with some of these brands mm-hmm. and some of these big companies. But I can tell you about the companies that are like, because Walmart's there. Exactly. Because they're there, there's literally everybody within kind of retail operations and logistics mm-hmm. right there in Bentonville. Gotcha. And you can turn around and there'll be someone here who were, who's head of IT at Walmart yeah. or whatever, right? And you can go meet with these people and talk with them. Mm. And, you know, you shouldn't, I, don't, I never try and enter a conversation like, what can I get from this person? But yeah. you can help each other out and they'll be like happy to make introductions mm. and stuff. And so, you know, was it seven degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever? Yeah. You can get to like the person you need. So sometimes I'll go yeah. to people and go, Hey, I want someone in, in this company. And then I get a meeting with Sam's club. Yeah. A week. You know, cool. It's like, so that might not even be the right person or they might be digging it. Mm-hmm. But there's so much you can learn from that. Yeah. And in a startup environment, you can continue to hone product market fit, mm-hmm. addressable market, use a persona by speaking to these people in such an honest, transparent way. It's mm-hmm. been really enjoyable. So yeah. that's why I've been there. I've been uh, my colleagues down there today, he checked into his hotel today. So he's going to hold down the fort this week mm. i'm going to be there next week um and i'm pitching a bit there cool. and then there's one more week um and then again it sort of includes in like a startup weekend there or something like we got start week in austin this week i think haven't we Is yeah we, there's, a, there's a lot of we have like the venture weeks this week and then uh austin startup week is the 14th to 17th of november so oh, okay like, about a month from now yeah, oh okay so, good. so i'll be here for that as well. time. yeah 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 so there's something like that in arkansas having like a big tech event and we're pitching mm-hmm. at that oh, and cool. things like that so again you just don't know who you're going to meet and, and there's just a lot of really good people um mm-hmm. that you can just get things done i think I've always, like, before I even moved there, I was traveling to San Francisco meeting people and all my contacts mm-hmm. at, like, investment firms like Sequoia or people at Dropbox, because a few years ago, Dropbox would take a little sniff at us. Mm-hmm. And so we were meeting a lot of people there and stuff like that. And you just get to meet cool people. Yeah. No, I mean, I think there's a really good intersection between, like, is it worth driving somewhere and meeting in person or a Zoom call? And I think you're, I mean, you're clearly in the right. I mean, like, meeting like for me it's for fitness like whenever i fly to one of these conferences i'll, I'll close like the biggest deal of my life every time like it's, it's like just shaking hands with these people and especially that second time around when you see them for the second time like the richard branson story it's like if he had met you the first time or the second time that he might not have known who you were and now you're like buddy buddy with him when he's mm-hmm. in austin so uh, that's definitely worth it i i do think a lot of founders make the mistake of driving very far distances like for normal things that could be done on a phone call um i find myself constantly like driving somewhere and i'm like i should not be driving to this place so it's like dating you don't want to be yeah. too thirsty exactly. too early so don't be too thirsty too early exactly. but yeah. like put yourself in that town for a, a week exactly and, and with a few meetings that you have mm-hmm. um and with, with maybe you know sometimes you want a follow-up meeting so te- yeah. keep it chill at first mm-hmm. do, do those little initial discovery calls exactly and then and then have um then go for a coffee or a, a mm-hmm. or something with somebody or you know try and coincide it with a networking event that's exactly there or something like that yeah i mean it, it's that yeah it's that first or second meeting and like yeah I, I try and go to as many fitness SaaS related things that i can because like those in-person connections well there's a lot of sorry 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 not the company not, not fitness the comp- tech yeah yeah 
Yeah, not that, not that. Just fitness in general. Yeah. Which actually, I guess, ends up being a lot of tech. And then, you know, I have I've been to very few SaaS events, but I'm I want to fly out to like typically they're in Europe, I think. But um, I want to go to there's a big SaaS. It's called like Saster, I think, or something like that. I don't even know. Mm. But I want I want to go. There's a lot of stuff that happens in Barcelona as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Did you? I was going to ask you a question. Do Do you find that in the fitness industry, there's a lot of like people just in the like kind of pyramid sales of like nutrition Mm. and stuff like that a lot of noise that kind of noise for sure there's so much which is why i'm glad we switched to enterprise like similar boat where you guys are in it's easier for us to close it takes longer of course but it's easier for us to close and there's there's way less pyramid schemes independent people like thinking they know what they're talking about it's like it's an enterprise company they either say yes or they don't it's usually a quick conversation or it's it's usually like a quick intro and then we're on to the next so um similar to what you guys were doing like it's uh, like i'm very happy to be out of the the gimmicky fitness world and be moving into like working with like adults basically (laughs) like yeah that's something i learned quite early on because like Mm -hmm. like i said when i quit that full-time gig and was building Mm -hmm. websites for people we started building a product that was based on wordpress where it could spin Mm -hmm. up like ready-made templates that sounds pretty obvious now but it wasn't yeah. 10 12 years ago yeah, or whatever. that wasn't super obvious mm-hmm. so we built these like little wordpress templates and we were selling them to trade association kind of people mm-hmm. like uh, uh, one of our first vertical was bounce houses <laughs> nice. yeah, we called bouncy castles in england nice. so castles. they were um nice. not the best kind of customers yeah, yeah. like so like this is their like they have a normal job usually but then mm-hmm. they do this on the weekends and they have like such high demands yeah. for a bounce house website nice. and we're nice. like oh my goodness we thought this would be easy but it was really like a one-to-many type thing and it was my first experience about learning how to sort of package something as like a software as a service type mm-hmm. product and then we were getting quite a bit of monthly income from it for a while but mm-hmm. like you know going for those smaller people there's so much more headache that can come yeah it's more businesses um i decided when i started array i wanted to move into a sort of like more mm-hmm. of an enterprise space yeah and more of a and i knew i wanted to do b2b as a product because mm-hmm. i feel like if you do a b2b product and you actually genuinely add value mm-hmm. then it's just they buy it that's what, exactly that's literally exactly that's what i'm saying it's like when we're working with these independent coaches i feel like a lot of the times they don't understand all of the things that they're getting so they're not as willing to like move forward and then every gym we talk to is like how much does this cost and they're like okay cool let's do it it's like this yeah so and like, we we you can come on a raise website and we have a free account and by all means but anyone who wants to do that please do that that's it's there for people who just it's like 10 submissions a month anyone's that mm-hmm. have at it right that's what it's there for but what it allows us to do is like have basically an endless trial if you want if, mm-hmm. if that's what you want then great have fun mm-hmm. but we try and get people into the, the pro plans mm-hmm. when the relevant features kind of need of are needed and what i mean by that is that if you're not seriously needing this then you shouldn't buy it because yeah. like the people we've had in the past that just kind of oh this is a quite cool idea i could use it here mm-hmm. they're probably going to churn but the people that we actually the right user personas that we get mm-hmm. that may start small but scale up they never churn we have like zero churn on that on actual cool. those right customers because it's genuinely mission critical and it mm-hmm. genuinely solves the problem mm-hmm. where the smaller companies like they can come and go so yeah, we purposely try and target them so the packs are on our website some people will sign up and love it forever mm-hmm. but the, the chances are it's just a way for someone to start getting hooked to what we do mm-hmm. and it introduces them to them to the more advanced features and functionality that we offer up in the pro plan because cool. we used to have it where everyone kind of got the pro plan but with limited slightly limited kind of like functionality or submissions or something mm-hmm. but the problem is it was just too much for people who weren't ready to fully commit so we exactly. met, if you go to our free plan on our start and essential mm-hmm. they're like much simpler UI it's that's really actually, simple mm, UI. and it's to get you help you make have success using that one functionality mm-hmm. and um 
and then growth in there. Very cool. I actually like that. I'm trying to think of how that would apply to my business. I'll work, I'll work on that idea, but I'll like talk that. about it. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk it. about it. Because our, our free trial is just like open. It has everything, which is cool, but all, the same, which is also kind how of like- How long is it? 14 days, 30 days? 14 days, but then our, your first user is free forever though. So it's like, uh, we have a lot of coaches that are on that one plan because they only have one client. So yeah. anyways, we, we, we can get into that. Yeah. Uh, what's a what's a day-to-day like for you? Like what's a typical, like, you know, whenever you, what time do you wake up? When do you go to bed? What are you doing throughout the day? Um, well, it's, you, know, you have to try and be disciplined as a founder, but like, that's the hardest thing in the world, right? Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, I've had seasons in my life where I'm kicking back with things and mm. other times I'm not like, and I can remember some, some good times where I felt particularly, you know, on the ball. Mm. But then, you know, we, when we were in our apartment, I was going to the gym all the time and then mm. COVID hit and they shut our gym down and then we mm. moved to buy a house. And so I wish I you know had a bit more exercise in. So I can sort of tell you about what I do now and where I'm sort of working working towards on that sort of routine and stuff like that. But um, probably get up about um, even be, be five, 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. Okay. Um, so 6 a.m. is like normal, um, mm. which is like get up, have that coffee, try again, a good day. I'll do some meditation and okay. I actually have an ice bath that I'll jump into. Damn. That's a good day. That doesn't happen every day, but yeah. I try and breathe every day. Um, and then I get my kid ready and I take her to school. Mm. If I'm here, if I'm not, I still do the same thing um, when I'm in a hotel or something like that. Mm-hmm. The 5 a.m. is like, I've started doing some more sort of like early morning workout routines gotcha. and stuff with some, some groups and stuff. And they tend to start at five that's why mm-hmm. five's in there uh, and then i'll um i'll try you know i usually have calls at like 9 a.m mm-hmm. something like that so i usually do some calls and i try and catch up with my uk team because mm-hmm. by that point it's getting to like exactly late my, my team's in ukraine so like about if, if i don't get to them by like 10 i usually they're, they're, it's like it's like 7 p.m have you them. seen disruption in having a ukrainian team uh well there's there i mean uh we're, we're we're still they're still doing good thankfully they're they're yeah. know, living their lives um they're western ukraine it was super sad to be um you know super sad to be a part of that right when it started um thankfully like they're they're mostly back to normal lives from what i understand i mean they're working every day they're like you know going out that kind of stuff but um obviously like not an ideal you know scenario yeah, yeah. There's, a, yeah. there's a company i consulted for and they have a russian developer oh, that's and he got out of the country and he went back in to sort some affairs out and now they're conscribing people so he's like, not allowed uh, for the military dang i know right wow. so we'll see what happens yeah. but um so anyway yeah. my, my day so i'll catch up with my uk team and then um uh, i try and kind of like you know um catch up with emails or write a list of things i need to do i try and sort of be sort of goal orientated on mm-hmm. what we're doing yeah and it's work until till six if again if i'm away mm-hmm. i work yeah. till nine o'clock exactly if yeah. i've got kids and stuff so like I, I try and get done by five or so try and do something you know before they get too hungry we can try and go to a park or go you know uh, play in the yard or something like that and then dinner and then <laughs> try and get to bed by 10. yeah yeah, yeah. Do, do you feel pressure as a founder or like because i feel like at a certain stage a lot of founders get, get out of this but like do you feel like you're, you know, obviously you guys are still growing and like, you know, you're doing a lot of revenue, but like you're, you want to do more, of course. And so it's like, do you feel pressure to like work longer hours, like work till midnight some nights or like, are, are you at a point now where you're like, I can work nine to five and I'm happy. Like kind of, um, for me, like I worked weekends for years, yeah, especially yeah. when I was working from home, mm. you, you kind of keep going and going, mm. but like, 
things changed. So the couple of things that changed was one, you know, having kids. Like mm-hmm. um, you, you want if you want to have kids, then hopefully you want to spend time with them. Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. and second of all, like I don't think you're very useful mm-hmm. if you keep going and going and going. Yeah. If you just kind of work every single day, every single week, you're, you're no good. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty burnt out at the moment because I I was away all last week mm-hmm. and I would work. I did the six a.m., five a.m. Mm-hmm. things. I went to like two five a.m. things when I was away, mm-hmm. and then I'll work till nine o'clock. Mm. and then I'll sleep and repeat mm. and then I drove like eight nine hours and that's why I cut my voice sounds a bit groggy and so because I literally I have it does tend to have a kind of biological effect mm. on you where you literally just get run down so you kind of need the weekends to I find I could do with the weekends just to like let your brain settle let your kind of um, memories and thoughts kind of settle and readjust mm. and think about things and talk to your partner or whatever about mm. the, about nice things and about what you want to do and yeah. and then go to the week and I have to because my like I have my business life and I have my mm. personal life but you know we're applying for different types of visas and we're you know doing this and doing that and you know so it's it, there's also personal business that needs to get done yeah of course and yeah, time yeah. to do that and talk about it there's nothing worse when you bust your ass all day for your company and then you get like a dental bill or like you're like well my car needs to get fixed and you're like Fuck, you're like i just worked for like 20 hours and now i have to figure out oh, they're like, oh yeah of course i have to i have like real life things to focus on yeah too. well yeah. adulting is all just exactly exactly, exactly yeah like yeah. yeah yeah you know you have yeah and it annoys me i get really annoyed i'm like oh now i have to be on the phone with this bullcrap thing about this credit card exactly. something like that yeah yeah. I, yeah I had a I, I got a really big medical bill if you know like I stabbed myself in the hand Wait, in what? March when? yeah and that, that's what set me back a bit well, we're well. at we're at I was looking at that the entire podcast and I wanted to know what it was but I was like I didn't know if it was like a birth thing so I didn't yeah no, no no there you go uh, they had to retrieve my tendon from my thumb you just like so it was my kid's birthday okay. and I had this knife actually is in my pocket okay and so I was it. I cleaned it and uh, I was just sort of leveraging a cable tie and I thought yeah. it was fine and I slipped oh, and I went into my thumb God. and I went oh my god I was like okay it's bad, bad. I'm bad I think I need do you mind just taking me to A&E please yeah. uh, do you call that here um, accident emergency oh yeah uh, it's uh, ER. emergency ER yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so um, and they had to they stitched it and then they went dude press my thumb and it, my tendon snapped oh, and he said god. you need to go to surgery in the next few days otherwise you'll lose function so oh my god they had, that was, the surgery was worse so you know they had to thread it back so wow. uh, there's a massive medical wheels and yeah, there's also being found as like we don't have typical health insurance like other people we, yeah. we get creative with it I, you know, I do have health insurance but yeah um we try not to burden the company with um too much stuff exactly. like so i pay for all that myself and yeah. um that sucks so yeah. bad oh, sure. and i was it was really brought me down for a while because yeah. I couldn't, you couldn't do anything because i yeah. couldn't do any exercise couldn't be, i couldn't tie my shoelaces up that's terrible yeah. wait the, the, i know canada or i'm pretty sure canada does uk have like um whatever it's called universal health insurance mm-hmm. it's called the nhs national gotcha. health service and so yeah everything's free that's so that's that's annoying for you to be here after for that shit yeah oh, actually, yeah. yeah but um yeah, but you know, I appreciate getting good service and and, and like proper plastic surgeons and, yeah. and and proper follow ups and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. the the American health is probably like like for like the service you get is probably, is probably one of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, yeah, like you know, this is and this is not meant to be political or anything, but like you know, like, there's a lot more money. So mm-hmm. yeah, like there's maybe bullcrap charges that are getting put in, and you need to keep an eye on that, and people need to figure out how we can pay for healthcare. But it's a higher service. Yeah, but you're confident. You're confident it's gonna get like it's gonna get done correctly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um. So as a like, are you are you a solo founder? I don't know if I asked you. 
No, I am, and I'm not. Like, you gotcha. know, I'm, like you know, yeah, yes, but my wife has always been really involved from day one. Oh, cool. Does she work at the company too? Yeah, she does all the payroll. She does less, a little bit less at the moment. Um, mm. In the early days, she was like QAing the app and working with the app team and stuff. So cool. But now she's more like just she does payroll. She works with our bookkeepers and our accountants to make sure mm. things lined up right. She works with our marketing team to make sure we use like uh, things like Chart Mogul to track mm. MRR, ARR. Yeah, well, I, I just signed up sure, for that this week. Actually. It's really good. I can it's, show it's, you some stuff if good. you want. Yeah, uh, I'd love to. Yeah, because we synchronize our bookkeeping software along with our uh, stripe and things like that yeah and um, so she makes sure that stays in line because mm. those sort of things can get knocked out quite easily mm. yeah. um if you have like a, a one-off invoice that creeps in or something mm-hmm. um okay so so you're you're kind of a solo founder so let's, let's say that you were no, solo. No, my wife's been involved in it gotcha. since the beginning and we had a, a client of mine who funded it very mm-hmm. early. So those e-commerce sites and those, those UX clients I had in the very early days, mm-hmm. one of those guys uh, believed in me and believed in the idea and um, helped us fund it gotcha. and bootstrap it. Um, so I never got paid for gotcha. years, uh, but we paid for our CTO mm. and he um, and we just got building. Cool, nice man. If you if you like, let's say you are a solo founder, like because you you are like you have people that have supported you, but what um what would be like the things that you wouldn't be good at if you were like just like as you are like right now what like what categories of a being a startup founder like are you not good at or are you less good at I guess than, than um. I'm good at all of it now. Um, I, I, you know, uh, I've had to learn over the years. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm more competent in more areas than I have been. Mm-hmm. But definitely, like, you know, I'm not, you know, uh, drawn to financials and stuff like that. Gotcha. Okay. I'm a product orientated founder. Same. Um, I love products so yeah, much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a designer. Yeah. So the numbers didn't come naturally to me, and mm-hmm. no one was ever, you know, teaching me what mm-hmm. those were and stuff like that. So I had to figure those things out. Mm-hmm. Figure out how to raise money and all that kind of stuff so i don't necessarily <clears throat> work out things through just bare numbers but i look at it by talking to people and talking to customers and things like that and when you guys are fundraising like what what are you pitching to these investors are you saying like we're going to transform how companies handle documentation or like what is what is like the end game like billion dollar dream for you guys when you're, when you're pitching well, yeah, that's the that's the thing you've got to nail down, and maybe what your vision is, and the investors needs to align correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when you're pitching to these investors, like, what are you pitching? Like, you're the future of documentation for enterprise. Like, are you you're gonna be a billion dollar company? Like, what is the pitch that you're presenting to raise all the funding you guys have raised? Yeah, I think it's important to make sure that the investor knows that you're laser focused on what you're solving today, mm-hmm. because. You know, you know what Airbnb to do today, or what Uber do, does today. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to have a solid kind of starting business mm-hmm. uh, in one discipline, and then they can expand out. Mm-hmm. So we make sure people understand the value we're adding today and the, how we're helping people today with with forms and automation and document creation. So it's you know removing these manual tasks and things like that. Gotcha. But where we're going now more is um, into this app building kind of ecosystem. But okay. Making sure they fully understand what we're doing and how we're competing. Like right now, we I wouldn't say we we compete toe to toe with something like Power Apps, but we're mm. not far off, and we're just around the corner. Are you tr- you're trying to become a Power Apps? Is that kind of the yeah. direction? Gotcha. Yeah, but Power Apps is how we're very different. We have one of those you know a competitor analysis kind of mm-hmm. board. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. It's like um, we want to be enterprise. We are enterprise. 
Mm. Um, but um, Power Up is like, you need to be able to code and it's very complex. Mm. And some companies, without naming names, have got themselves in a bit of trouble from using those applications because too many people can see what they're doing and stuff, basically. Gotcha. So yeah. they're not, there's ways to make mistakes and stuff in there. We're trying to do that in a no code way so that operations mm. people can build these internal applications. Because for too long, there's things like Oracle and SAP and Microsoft have mm. been around in those spaces offering people you know a perception of stability mm. uh, but zero flexibility and zero kind of control over those and with massive implementation periods gotcha. so we're trying to like flatten that time for implementation give the power into the hands of people who know what they're doing and so what we're proposing is that we're making tools that do that for them gotcha, um, okay. so the big plan is is this big ecosystem to basically kill the fillable pdf and to kill these legacy tools mm. uh, but today we have to be very disciplined in who we help today what we help and what we do today and, and show to demonstrate them how the product is changing and evolving to move into something very 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 powerful love it man um well i think i just have one last question uh how can the audience of the why we strive podcast help you like is there someone they should introduce you to like how can they get involved should they sign up for an account like what, what are you looking for well I'll turn to the camera there. <laughs> so camera one camera two camera three <laughs> okay i'll pick one yeah. so <laughs> i guess like you know if you guys are an enterprise company or know people who, who are in those kind of areas that we work within in, in big retail uh quick serve or in insurance then please reach out we'd, we'd love to help you if you just like free forms technology uh please you know sign up and help yourself to the free account if you're a non-profit or something like that and you'd like a bit more help with uh you know the pricing or billing please reach out we'd love to sort of support you you and, and help you in those areas if there's any interns out there people who love product love people and would love to get some exposure working with a company like ours uh, hopefully you're, you're in the austin area they can come out hanging out with us in austin we'd love you to come on board and come and help with us and work with us uh, or if you just want to like you know talk startup and come to these events and come and say hi there we go builderay.com i'll put a little link right here there you go um matt it was a pleasure and uh, that's why we strive Thanks, man. Oh, good stuff, man. I wanted to thank you for watching this entire episode of Why We Strive. Be sure you head to whywestrive.com and subscribe so every Tuesday you can see incredible interviews with some of the best tech founders, investors, and creatives in the industry. Have an amazing day, and don't forget to keep striving.